Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So 496. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. In this episode, I'll be joined by Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. If you're on Twitter, please follow him at the underscore Boomstein. In this episode, Ben and I discuss Danny Green's upcoming player option. Then we go into a deep dive um, discussion about the upcoming NBA draft on June 21st, where the, Spur- where the Spurs will have the 18th and 49th pick. Uh, Ben's usually our go-to guy at Project Spurs in terms of a, 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 what we call our draft expert there. And so I, I ask him a bunch of different questions about different prospects that are realistically in the Spurs' draft range um, uh, to, to go kind of into some deep analysis there. And then from there, we, we, we tackle some off-season questions regarding the Spurs. So please enjoy my conversation with Benjamin Bornstein. And now joining me from Atlanta, Georgia, is Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how you doing, man? I am fantastic, sir. How are you doing? Doing really well. Um, so, hey, uh, you were in San Antonio for March Madness. How did you like San Antonio? Was that your first time visiting? That was the first time I've been there since I was born there. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> well, yeah. I it was, well, I, I, I was born there, and then we moved two months later, so I wasn't there for very long. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, so, so as an adult, that was how, what was your impressions of the city? It was pretty awesome. Would have uh, Would have loved to walk up and down the river walk a little more but you know a little crunched for time there yeah i know yeah definitely you had a packed schedule and so did uh, mike and i we wanted to meet you for like lunch or dinner but you know we're all our schedule's really busy when you came so hopefully you can come down again and uh, we can get to meet you in person um so ben let's go to jump into this there's not a lot of topics really because now that the spurs are out of the playoffs news is kind of it's going to be a little quiet until free agency and the draft uh, get closer uh with the whole Kawhi leonard drama so that that should start um, picking up some some news Let's begin, though, with um, Danny Green. I, I wrote a piece on Monday about his player option and some of the decisions he has coming up. Um, you know, he has two options here. He can exercise the player option and earn $10 million with the Spurs for this coming season, and then next year he'll be a free agent at 32 and an unrestricted free agent. His other option is to decline the is to decline the player option, become a free agent right now at age 31, and there's, there's different uh, spectrums of his market. Uh, Zach Lowe of ESPN.com reported that his market looks like 8.6 million annually, like like the mid-level exception. 
whereas um, Sean Devaney of SportingNews.com reported that Green could earn somewhere from like 12 to 14 million uh, annually. Um, my first question to you, Ben: What do you think Green's going to do? And if and uh, second question would be like, if you were his agent, what would you tell him to do? That's the see. Those two different sources have two. That's a major swing in salary. It's it's hard. I mean, if you're going by Devonese, it's hard to tell a guy, oh, you should you should stay locked in for another year at ten mil when this one guy believes you can go for twelve to fourteen. If you're Danny Green, you're saying, well, why wouldn't I go for twelve to fourteen mil rather than stay at ten? But if you're going to go with Zach Lowe, who says maybe eight and a half mil, how you know? Obviously, you don't want to opt out, and you end up getting a lower salary than what you would have gotten this year. So I think it really does come down to what the market really is for him. And he I don't think he would be a first day of free agency sign. I think he would be a second or third day guy, and you have a better idea of what the market would look like. But if I'm his agent, I I, I think right now I would say stay locked in, get your $10 million guaranteed. You, you know, don't, you don't want to – you don't want to lose it, and you know if you if you have a better year the next season than you did this year, the Spurs are going to come back and they're going to pay you your money. It shouldn't be an issue, or someone will pay you your money the next year. You didn't have the greatest of seasons this year, so I think it would be opportune for him to stay locked in, see what he can earn next year. Yeah, and I think. I think I, I go more toward the Zach Lowe um, price range because of what we saw from Lou Williams this past uh, season. He signed with the Clippers for three years, $24 million. So Lou Williams, being a guy who scores 23 points a game, um, you know, very healthy this year, ends up only getting $8 million a year. So I think that if I was green and his agent, I would I would look toward the Williams route as far as, like, what is the market projecting? We've already heard that there's not going to be a lot of cap space this coming summer from, from the good teams, at least, the, the, the teams that would want a da- uh, Danny Green on their team who covet his 3 and D ability. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that Green will probably opt in, most likely, unless he really wants a new change of scenery away from San Antonio. Or do you buy this kind of argument where, um, or this kind of uh, uh, opinion where maybe he does opt out to get a longer-term deal, like $24 million, 20, $26 million for like three years, something like that, elsewhere or with the Spurs? That makes sense. Uh, if it the thing is the Spurs have to figure also have to figure out what they're doing with Kawhi Leonard this offseason. They have to figure out what they're doing with some other people who are going to be whose contracts are going to be running up. So it comes it kind of comes down to what kind of salary cap space they have left, I think. Yeah, and no no, that's that's definitely the um the Kawhi one is the big one, you know, just to figure out anything from the draft to who you're looking to bring back, who you're looking to add to the team. Um so Let's go and get into some of our questions. So really, that was like our main topic I wanted to uh, discuss with you, Ben, was about Danny. So we're going to go into some Spurs cast questions um, pretty much for the rest of the show. Uh, there's some different ones here. We're going to begin, though, with the draft. And this is, again, why I, I wanted you to come on this episode, because you're, you're our, what I call our Project Spurs draft expert. Um, I'm not really involved in the college in the college game. You're very you're very much on, on there in that circuit and that in that type of um, area. So I want to make sure I have your expertise here. Um, so our first question, Ben, was an email email question. Uh, they asked me, uh, my question is drafted draft related. Who do you think we should target? They're talking about the Spurs realistically at picks 18 and 49 based on our deficiencies this past season. Uh, and also, what's your opinion of Melvin Frazier as a prospect? I think he'd be a great fit pers- personally. So let's go ahead and start off with the first one, Ben. Who do you realistically think the Spurs should target at picks 18 and 49? 
So realistically, I think they have a shot at perhaps a Zaire Smith from Texas Tech. Okay. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is a 7-1 center. Uh, Brandon McCoy, seven-foot center from UNLV. Uh, I really like a guy I just wrote up this past week, Anthony Simons. Didn't play, uh, didn't play in college this year, but because he spent a year in post-grad of high school at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, he's eligible for the draft and because he turns 19 this year. So he's actually going to be coming from the dra- coming to the draft from high school. He's kind of a combo guard. He's really lanky, can shoot from anywhere, has really sweet handles. Kid, kid's a pogo stick, but he's really thin. He's 6'3 or 6'4, and he's 180, soaking wet. So, you know, he's going to be a bit of a project. you got to put some weight on him, but those are kind of the guys I like at 18. Uh, 49, you know, late, second round, late in the second round, you're always going to have a lot of options because there are definitely going to be guys out there that other teams don't value as much or teams are kind of just picking for the sake of picking or you'll even get a couple people sell off their second round picks. So we have to kind of see what happens in that regard. But as of now, I really like Austin Wiley, 6'11 center out of Auburn. I really like Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati, a 6'6 small forward. I like Josh Okogi a little bit, 6'4 shooting guard, small forward, mostly shooting guard. Uh, Javon Carter, if you're looking for a purely defensive guy, and I think an intriguing kind of uh, sleeper pick there might be Justin Jackson out of Maryland. He didn't have a great year, but he was dealing with shoulder uh, shoulder injury, so he played, I think, maybe a month into the season. They shut him down, and he's still coming out, and he's going to go into the draft, but he's kind of that in-betweener guy at 6'7", 225, Kind of an NBA-ready body, could contribute. I also like Raleigh Alkins out of Arizona at shooting guard uh, at the 49 spot. Raleigh Alkins. Okay. Um, let's go back to real quick to Zaire Smith. Um, you know, I checked uh, NBA Draft.net's um, projections right now, and they have Zaire Smith at 18 and uh, Austin Wiley at 49. Now, on their on their site, they have a thing called um, NBA Comparisons, like, you know, their comps, and um, they have him projected to be a, kind of like a J.R. Smith type player do you see that in, in Zaire Smith or, or, or are they a little bit off here what do you what do you see what kind of projection I, I could see that I think he plays I think he plays better defense than uh, J.R. Smith ever did um, he that the whole tech that whole Texas Tech team was a really solid defensive team this year he guards multiple positions uh, I, I don't know if he's as good a shooter as J.R. Smith but I I could see that I could I could definitely see him maybe as a less trigger happy J.R. Smith. Okay, and uh, I remember a guy you wrote about recently was um, Kansas's um, Malik Newman. Um, would he be a good player for the 18th spot? Right now, ESPN has him on their best um, available projections. Uh, there are some differing opinions on Malik Newman. I I honestly believe at 18 that would be way too much of a reach. A lot of a lot of projections I've seen have him going in the second round. And and going um, a little before San Antonio would have a shot at him. Uh, the one I'm looking at in particular has him going to the Lakers at 47. But I, I think if he falls to 49, he would be a great, great asset at 49. That would be a bit of a steal to me. Okay, and uh, their NBA uh, draft nets um, comp is uh, Eddie House. Is that is that pretty on the money or Eddie no? House? 
Yeah. It's been a honestly, it's been a hot minute since I've seen Eddie Eddie House yeah, play. I, I just remember him as a three point shooter. That's all I remember. Yeah. No, Malik Malik Newman's a good shooter. He can. He's a little short for the shooting guard spot, which is which can certainly concern some people. But he's very quick, great shooter. Can shoot from everywhere. Can go out and get his own shot at times. Um, a, he turns the ball over a bit because he's he's not really a natural point guard, so he's not quite used to finding people. So I think that might be an issue. So it kind of depends on how you want to play him. If you want to play him as a true one or if you want to try and squeeze him in there as a combo guard, I think it kind of comes down to that. Okay, and another guy, um, this is from the old Draft Express guys. They they kind of um, they wrote a, sp- a piece on where the Spurs should select, and they had uh, this guy um, – Troy Brown, a six-seven shooting guard out of Oregon. Now their NBA comp with him is Karis Levert slash Steve Smith. Is that kind of accurate? And do you think he should be taken at eighteen? Steve Smith. That's what it I says love it. They come it. up with some. They come up with some great comparisons here. The comparisons are from NBA DraftNet, but uh, the uh, yeah. the guy the the old uh, Jonathan Gavoni and I forgot the other dude's name from um, Draft Express. They're the ones who put Troy Brown here at eighteen. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, I I wrote him up earlier. I like him. I like Troy Brown. Um, I'm the my thing is I'm always going to tell you that most you know if you're not a top ten pick, I think you can use another year in school. But it also kind of depends on what the draft looks like next year. You know how strong the class is. But I think Troy Brown had a really great year at Oregon. He can come out. I think he can contribute pretty quickly on a team. I I think the Spurs are probably going to throw him to the Austin Spurs because that's just what they do usually. They'll throw you there for a season, let you run wild, and they'll bring you up for a few games throughout the year. Um, He's definitely a a guy who I could see them doing that with. He he plays good defense. He can guard two or three positions. So I think he's that perfect, versatile kind of guy that – the Spurs like to get, and I, re- I really do like the Steve Smith comparison. Okay, um, so so now the second part of this question from from the email listener was uh, based on the Spurs' deficiencies. So so I think that if you're if you're looking at needs for the Spurs, and um, somebody like a, like a shooting guard slash a small forward playmaking two or three, can they get someone like that in this in the 18 spot, or they'd have to try to move up? I think Zaire Smith might be their guy at okay. that position um, if they. Uh, a shooting a, a guy who can play shooting guard and small forward is a bit tough in this draft. There's not really guys who fit that description. I think the the closest thing you might have is a Miles Bridges, but he's not going to make it down to San Antonio at 18. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean Troy Troy Brown probably fits that, and so I, I think that if if that's what you're looking for. If that's if that's what you believe is your biggest deficiency, if you're the Spurs, I think Troy Brown at 18 is a fine pick. He's a six seven two fifteen. Got to put a little weight on him, but for the most part, NBA ready. And I, I think he can he can play possibly three positions for you on offense. Okay, let's um, w- one more name I wanted to ask you about. Um, this guy's uh, he's from Kansas. He has a, he's from Ukraine actually, but uh, his name's a. Uh, Zvezolov, um, May, Mayaluk, I think, 6'8", shooting guard. 
Svi Makai Luke. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Svi. Yeah, you can just go with Svi. No one can actually say his entire name. Cool. Yeah, I try to look at different pronunciations. It was yeah, I just butchered it anyway. Um, so yeah, so the, the old Draft Express guys have him at forty nine with the Spurs. Would that be a decent pick? You know, to give a gamble on him. I think that'd be a great gamble. He's he's, I mean, he's listed as a shooting guard on NBA DraftNet, but he's six eight. He's he's improved his ball handling tremendously since his freshman year he's a phenomenal shooter he used to just be a spot-up guy he can do a little more than that he can when when he has an advantage out on the perimeter on a guy if he's faster than a guy he can get to the rim he's a decent playmaker i would say Uh, at 49 i would definitely take a chance on him okay um, now let's go on to the last part of this question. It says, uh, they said, uh, what's your opinion on Melvin Frazier as a prospect? Now, I know you wrote him up on Project Spurs, um, 6'5", shooting, glass slash, shooting guard slash small forward out of Tulane. Um, on NBAScoutingLive.com, he's projected to go in the second round. Is that kind of where you would see the Spurs maybe taking him if, if uh, they were interested in him? Yeah, there's there's no way they could take him at 18. They'd, I mean, if, if they some, if maybe if you, they somehow got into the late, Later, first round, like the 29-30, might be an okay pick. But, yeah, I, I think he's a guy who's kind of the middle middle third of the second round. Um, that that would be, I think, where he falls for right now. And he fits that play. It's obviously a huge gamble, but um, he he's, he's really raw, I guess. But he fits that playmaking type ability, right? Yeah, he's – yeah, he can score off the dribble. He's a solid – he's a – Decent to solid shooter from everywhere on the floor. He can score on the move. Uh, good. He's got a great motor, which is what, which is certainly something the Spurs staff can appreciate. And he's a pretty good athlete. So I, I yeah, I mean, I, I'd like him. I'd like him. Forty nine wouldn't be the worst place to get him. Okay. So um, again, Project Spurs listeners, um, as I mentioned, some of these names we've gone over. Uh, ben already has a lot of these prospects. Um, their profiles on ProjectSpurs.com. Just go over to ProjectSpurs.com, find his name, and then you can find all the articles he's written. Some specifically that I had here were um, Zayar Smith, Zayar Smith, Austin Wiley, Malik Newman, Jalen Brunson, Troy Brown, and uh, Melvin Frazier. Ben's already written all those guys up, and he'll continue to write some different prospects up. So make sure you check out his work over at ProjectSpurs.com. All right, Ben, let's take a quick break, and we're going to be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 496. I am joined by Benjamin Bornstein of ProjectSpurs.com. If you're on Twitter, please follow him, at the underscore Boomstein. Okay, Ben, so now let's go into our Twitter questions. Uh, we have four here uh, after that initial um, draft question. So this one comes from at Greek, Greek Suave. 
He asked, uh, for the first time in two decades, I found myself seriously contemplating the Spurs' offseason. Should I be concerned, or is there way too much media BS fogging up the area? Great podcast, guys. What do you think about that? That's a great question, and I would I would tend to lean towards the side of there's a lot of people who want you to hear a lot of different things in regards to what's going on with the Spurs organization, but they've always been very tight-lipped. They don't let out a lot of leaks. So even if you got Adrian Wojnarowski reporting something, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy into it a whole lot unless it is absolutely 100% definitive. Um, like the kids like to say, picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so now my, my take on this is I think you should be a little concerned. I think that the Kawhi thing is there, – there's there's some issues there, you know, at, at hand, whether it's whether it's him not being fully healthy – um, him not trusting the medical the medical opinion of the Spurs, um, the Spurs being a little, you know, d- upset that 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 the communication obviously hasn't been there. Um, you know, there's just all sorts of elements here, and you're right, Ben. Most of it can be fabricated, um, you know, to to the to the to the, to the highest level. But I think that until we hear some sort of resolve or, or see some sort of resolve between the Spurs and Kawhi, I still would be a little concerned, especially um, you know, as as they go into the, this draft, which is the the, the one night when you got to watch to see. Uh, when teams will be calling the most uh, about any kind of trade packages for him. So I think that you still, it, it, you know, like, like you mentioned, we, we, don't, we still don't know the full details about what's going on, and, and it might be a lot of fabricated stuff, but I still think you got to be a little cautious if you're a Spurs fan right now uh, with this whole Kawhi Leonard situation. Absolutely, and uh, here's, a, here's the other thing. A lot of people have a lot to gain from leaked rumors about Kawhi, whether it be – He's staying with the team or he's not. So when you see who's tweeting what, you really do need to take that into account. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, the, yeah, like you mentioned, like there's been there's been reports of like um, maybe GMs are feeding um, reporters things just because they want they want there to be some friction so that way they have a chance to try to get a trade together for Kawhi. So so it's going to be a lot of different like kind of sifting through what's real, what's not real, the noise. And um, and again, like we got to kind of just see some sort of clear signal that that the Spurs and Kawhi are on the same page. And that may not come until maybe July 1st. Maybe Woj puts out a tweet. Oh, Spurs and Kawhi are in negotiations for a contract extension with the Supermax. Maybe that's that's the one signal we'll get. And if not, I mean, it could it could really get interesting this coming summer. Uh, let's go to our next question, Ben. It comes from at Greco Suave. He asks, uh, do the Spurs have someone to be accountable to like a Tim Duncan uh, to help navigate this team going forward? What do you think about that in terms of leadership? from the players? That's a great question. I think, I think LaMarcus Aldridge has really grown into that role. And I, I think he's uh, just like Tim Duncan, he's done a lot of lead by example. And after taking a ton of criticism the last two years, he went out and he had one of his best years yet, knowing that he had minimal to no help on some nights and that he was working he was working with a cast of dudes who were not all stars and who, you know, at times didn't didn't even play up to their own potential. So I, I think Aldridge has taken on that role a bit. Yeah, as far as the the lead by example part in terms of production on the floor, I, I think I, I 100% with you, agree with you that it's Aldridge. Uh, however, in terms of vocally um, and kind of just kind of having the energy of the team and, and the focus, I think it's Manu. And that's kind of worrisome if you're the Spurs because you don't know if he's if he's coming back this coming next season or if he's going to retire. Um, and if behind him maybe like 
Patty Mills has been pretty vocal. He's, he kind of gets everybody involved, gets them engaged. And then Tony Parker, of course, just because he has that veteran knowledge. And so, like, two of those three guys right now, there's a chance they may not come back. Um, so I think that's kind of a little worrisome for the Spurs in terms of, like, a vocal leader on the floor. One thing about Aldridge, as much as he, he is a, a, a guy of uh, showing by example on the floor, on the bench, he's not that much. You know, I go to a lot of the games, and he sits way at the end. Now, I don't know if that's something he used to do in Portland, too. I think that I think it was, but it's just that kind of like when he's on the bench, he's a little bit more quiet. He stays to himself. And that's kind of something where like, I know, you know, a Tim Duncan, which that's why he's so unique. He would be on the on the bench discussing strategy with guys, you know, being there for everybody, moral support. Um, so I think there there is some sort of if they lose mono. I think that's a huge part of them losing some of their leadership in terms of the players. Yeah, I, I absolutely 100 percent agree with that mono statement. He is. The spirit of the team, I would say, and the Spurs have to realize at some point that the grandpa juice is going to run out. Mm-hmm. They, they can't they can't keep that around forever. Yeah, well, I mean, he at least for next season, he was still playing like, like it still was going to last forever because he played really well, um, both statistically and, and just observation wise. Um, let's go to our fourth question, Ben. It comes from at insomniac underscore games. They ask, which players on the current Spurs roster do you personally want to stay slash leave this offseason? So I think you could take the personally part about it out of it, but kind of who do you want to stay and, and, or go from the Spurs has been this coming offseason? All right, you're going to have to refresh my memory. Who is who is up for extensions? Who's not? What's the deal here? Okay, so uh, Rudy Gay has a player option. Danny Green has a player option. Joffrey Laverne has a player option. Um. Kyle Anderson, Brent Forbes, and uh, what's this guy's name? Brent Forbes and Davis Bertans all have a can, can become restricted free agents. Tony Parker's Ooh. the only unrestricted free agent, and then Brandon Paul has a non-guaranteed contract. Ah, oh, it's brutal. I really like Grand, Brandon Paul. Um, I think I, I I actually thought Kyle Anderson made some good strides this year, and yes, that was a hard pun. Um, he's, he's been good. I'd really like to see Danny Green come back, hopefully on a team friendly contract, or he just opts into that last, the last year in his contract. Obviously you, you want Manu back just because of his leadership. And if he, if he plays next year, anywhere close to what he did this year, the Spurs could be something really special. And if Kawhi Leonard comes back, you you get super special Manu Ginobili and you don't have to run him as many minutes, which is even better. Um, I'd, I'd also like to see. Oh geez, I just blanked. Um, who was hold on? Who was the first guy you mentioned? Uh, Rudy Gay. Oh yes, absolutely, Rudy Gay. He's been fantastic this year. Yeah, he's he's had injury issues, but when he's on the court, he's really fun to watch. I've enjoyed watching him. Um, he was. I, I thought there were times when everyone else struggled. He was the guy stepping up and showing showing that, hey, man, I, I was worth taking a shot on. I'm, I'm kind of back to where I can be. And, you know, he's a bit of a Kawhi Leonard light even. So those are definitely the guys I want to see come back. I don't know how I feel about Bertans just because if he comes back, I don't know how much time he's going to get because he, he didn't get as much playing time as I hoped he would this year. Mm-hmm. and Joffrey Laverne I'd like to see come back because I know he's a good player, but he just didn't play a lot. He had injury issues too. So it's tough because you want a lot of these guys to come back, but at the same time you have to realize 
the Spurs don't have the payroll to, you know, they don't have the salary space to pay all these guys. So, you know, you have to, you have to make a sacrifice somewhere and you have to imagine Tony Parker's coming back. And what you have to hope for is the Spurs taken back on a reduced salary so that they can go out and pay some other guys. Yeah. Uh, as far as like staying again, this is not personally, I mean, I don't have any slight against any of these guys. Um, personally, I mean, I mean just, just think what, what I wrote down here. Um, I, I, I'd keep, uh, you, you'd want DeJounte Murray to stay, uh, Kawhi Leonard, of course, if everything gets fixed uh, between the, him and the organization. Uh, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, Manu, uh, Brandon Paul, Derek White, Bertans, Mills, and Danny Green. Leaving, I would say Parker, but, you know, again, that, that could just be like leaving his role like as a, as a primary option or a second string option. I, if, if he was okay with re-signing at the veteran minimum for like the third string point guard role, then maybe, you know, for sure bringing him back as a, as a leadership part of corporate knowledge. Uh, probably trying to find a trade partner for Powell. Most likely not bringing Bryn Forbes back, Kyle Anderson or Joffrey Laverne, in my opinion. Um, so, so I, I'd really want to see that a starting five of like Murray, Danny Green, Kawhi, Rudy Gay, and Lamarcus, and then kind of with the bench, give Derek White more minutes, let Patty go back to the backup one, uh, let Manu play maybe behind Kawhi since the NBA is going smaller anyway, and then finding somebody to kind of be behind um, Rudy Gay and Aldridge um, off the bench. Um, the last question, Ben, is is it's kind of for me, uh, but but I just wanted to I just wanted to because they put it on Twitter, but you could also put yourself in this situation. Uh, it's by at Bem Zangado. They ask, uh, what if dot 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 uh, Paul Garcia was our GM? What would happen this summer? <laughs> so my response early is, uh, you know, I would be your t- terrible GM. You would, if you're a Spurs fan, you wouldn't have five championship rings to, to cheer for because I would have made terrible trades along the way and just got nothing but shooters. Cause that's my favorite thing to watch is I'd have like Kyle Korver and Clay Thompson and Ray Allen and all these guys, just a bunch of three point shooters on one team. So I'd be a terrible GM. Anyway, um, did, is there like a, a certain players you'd like to see the Spurs get Ben, or do you want me to go into what I've put together? Please. I would love to hear your rudder. Okay, so again, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible with with um, with all the salary cap and everything, kind of keep it you know legal as far as I'm making these moves. So here would be my team, um, if I could be the GM. And of course, I don't think my team's even going to move the needle in beating Golden State or Houston, but I want to give it a try. Uh, Dejounte Murray at, at the one, you have Dejounte Murray, Patty Mills. At the two, you have Will Barton and Derek White. Oh, okay. At the at the three, you have Kawhi Leonard and Manu Ginobili. At the four, you have Rudy Gay and Mario Hizonia. At the five, LaMarcus Aldridge and Nemanja Belitsa. And I know that bench doesn't sound very good. It's a bunch of, you know, out-of-position players or players that aren't known for their defense, more so known for their offense. But I would I would want Pop to stagger the minutes of Rudy and LaMarcus and Kawhi to make sure one of those three players is always on the court at, at, at different times of the game. And how do you do this? Well, um, you... you you could bring back Parker, you know, at veteran minimum. That's fine. He'd be a third string again. You let Danny Green walk. You, you let Kyle Anderson walk. Um, Joffrey Laverne walk. Brent Forbes walk. Bertans walk. And then Paul, you, you, you release him. Now you have to find a trade partner for Powell. And I think you have to lose the number 18 pick to lose Powell's contract to get rid of it. So I think that goes to Atlanta. In this situation, they have a lot of cap space this summer. And yeah. that's kind of my situation. of Doing all that, you create $26.4 million. Now I know Barton's going to be a, a, a free agent that might be a, a little bit more costly, so so you might have to you know use like 12 to 14 for him, and then maybe give Blitza somewhere like nine to 10, and then you know whatever else you have left, you could try to give to Hizonia. If not, give Hizonia one of your exceptions. And again, and, and personally, I don't think that team's good enough to beat Golden State or Houston, but I would just like to see it on the floor. It makes the Spurs more competitive, and it gets them out of a out of a Powell's contract. But 
you know, in in the long run, I don't I don't think you want to risk losing the 18 pick unless you're getting like LeBron, unless you're getting like a superstar like LeBron or Paul George, somebody like that. True. All right, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Did you? Yeah, did I, you have yeah. I don't know if that team competes for a whole lot, but uh, I, I think you're right. It would be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I think just having somebody like Will Barton where you could have four different playmakers on the floor, but then again, you t- you start looking at the usage. You know, do all those guys, you know, play well together, Rudy Gay, Kawhi, Aldridge, and Bart- Barton, if they're all guys who kind of want the ball and have to use it a little bit more on the- with themselves? Yeah. Quick question so anyway, that, was that just, I do not want to answer. Yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah, it's it, it was just a fun question. I tried to – you know, honestly, like, I was honestly having trouble because I have, I have a whole list of all the free agents available, and – you know, outside of like Aaron Gordon, LeBron, Paul George, you know, Chris Paul will technically be a free agent this summer. There, there, it, you, you, there's really not moves that, that a lot of teams can make uh, that, that are going to be realistic uh, this coming summer. Outside of the LeBron thing, now, I think that if, if this whole situation with Kawhi would have never happened, I think the Spurs would have had a real shot at LeBron this summer, at least getting a meeting and, um, you know, having a real realistic shot at him. There was some, some moves they could have done to, to make that happen. But I think with all this um, whole issue with Kawhi, I think that 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 chance has kind of fallen off, um, you know, out of the out of the equation. So I can't see it anymore unless unless you know LeBron sees some sort of sign that the Spurs and, and Kawhi are 100 percent, you know, back back um, on on the same page. Or he comes on board, brings Kawhi back in, San Antonio fans embrace him, make his jersey the most sold jersey ever, and. He gets his own statue in San Antonio after only one year. You're, you're talking about LeBron for the statue? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Hey, you never know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing about that. That I mean, I remember back in in the early part of the season. I think it was like September, or October. You know, I, it was actually like a realistic possibility that LeBron would give the Spurs a meeting, and there was actually a chance they could sign him. But now with uh, this whole Kawhi thing, I'm not sure that that that's actually going to um, take place. But we'll, we'll see. You never know. Uh, thanks, Ben, for joining me for Spurs Cast episode 496. Um, uh, have a good day, man. Absolutely. Thanks, man. You too. Thank you for listening to Spurs Cast episode 496. Um, and thanks again for to, to Ben for joining me on this episode. Uh, if you're on Twitter, please follow him at the underscore Boomstein. And again, if you want to see any of the prospects that, that he's written about this season and, and he will continue to write about, go to go to ProjectSpurs.com, find his name, click on his name, and in there you'll see all the prospects that he's written about. Um, last year, as I mentioned in the past, you know he he was um he he was um one of the uh, writers who 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 wrote about Derek White and um Jaron Blossom game, who the Spurs eventually picked uh, in last year's draft. So so Ben has a pretty good eye of of who who what kind of position do the Spurs need and, and who are some probably um candidates that they might look at selecting uh, in the draft. Uh, just some quick reminders: if you uh, you know now that we're in off season mode, um questions are definitely welcome. So please send them to hashtag SpursCast if you're on Twitter. If you want to send them through email, um, send them to 24writertx at gmail.com. Again, the number 24writertx at gmail.com. Uh, if you're on Twitter, please follow us at Project Spurs at ATLeague underscore NBA at the Spurs cast and at Project Spurs Network. Um, it just just because the offseason is coming, if you go over to analyzingtheleague.com, it's over on our Project Spurs Network um, area, you uh, you can actually see a list that I've put together of all the, the current free agents or players that are about to hit the market. So if you want a pretty much, uh, uh, pretty, um, I would say a resourceful, um, page of just like all the prospects, you know, do they have player options, early termination options, restricted free agents, unrestricted. And I group them by positions based on them. Um, if they're a point guard, uh, combo guard, wing, uh, 
forward and big. So again, if you want to look at uh, what free agents are available, it's over at analyzingtheleague.com. Also continue to visit projectspurs.net. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.